All content discussed on Music Helps is for educational purposes only and expresses the individual opinions of Nina Clark and Musical Walkabout and should not be construed as personalised medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your GP for any medical issues you may be experiencing. This entire disclaimer also applies to any and all guests and contributors on the Music Helps podcast. Well, hello and welcome to Music Helps, a joyful exploration of the myriad ways to support well-being with music. I am Nina Clark. I'm a musical activist and the founder of Musical Walkabout CIC. And we provide inclusive music services uh, with and for people living with a dementia, uh, people in caregiving roles and people in health and social care. So we provide our services in person and online. And Music Helps, this podcast, has a purpose to promote music for well-being. So I am absolutely delighted to introduce our very special guest today. I am also going to preface this by saying our first international guest. So uh, <laughs> you've broken the seal on that one, Eric. So I'm really absolutely delighted to introduce to our listeners, Eric Kolb, the executive director and co-founder with wife Cheryl Kolb of Songs and Smiles, which is an amazing uh, 501 nonprofit based in the beautifully titled Grapevine, Texas. Um, so this organization has a mission, which is a beautiful one. And the mission is to keep families connected during the Alzheimer's journey. Something that uh, we at Musical Walkabout are very passionate about ourselves. So I was so, so delighted to discover your work and your company. Um, Songs and Smiles provide community sing-alongs, many events for their dementia community, uh, care tips and resources on their website, sing-along videos, and uh, in fact, a dementia-friendly magazine, which I want to hear lots more about all of those things. Um, I discovered Eric when we were both separately guests on Pete Hill's TDW radio show, The D Word. So, yeah. Eric, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you for reaching out and connecting with me. And I love what you're doing over there. And our passions are very similar. Our missions are very similar, I know. And I'm looking forward to talking with you today. That's fantastic. Thank you, Eric. Um, so I would love you to just tell us a little bit about uh, how Songs and Smiles started and your experiences um, with, with ha that's been going for a little while now. So please tell, tell us all about that. People ask when I started singing. I get that all the time. How long have you been singing? I said, well, I've been singing my whole life. I started doing shows for my grandma when I was four years old. Oh. But uh, now I've been doing sing-along shows for just over three years now, officially with Songs and Smiles. My wife, Cheryl, and I, we started Songs and Smiles actually as a birthday party for my mother-in-law back in 2017. And that's when we, we had a big party. We raised some money for the Alzheimer's Association. And we came up with the Songs and Smiles name and logo. And we learned then that the idea of 
facing Alzheimer's and other dementias with joy, bringing joy into that experience resonated with people. But at the time, we were, we were very busy caring for my mother-in-law who lived with Alzheimer's. And so Songs and Smiles was literally put in storage for a few years. Uh, Unexpectedly, my mother-in-law passed away uh, in the fall of 2019. Mm. And uh, she, she'd been living with Alzheimer's for quite a while, but uh, fairly stable, uh, still enjoying life. We were still having some wonderful, tender moments mm. with her. But she died unexpectedly. We brought songs and smiles out of storage soon after mm. and partly in a way to honor my mother-in-law Trish but mostly because we realized we had made it through a difficult caregiving journey mm. learned many things along the way and that we wanted to share with other families during the journey and that we were still young enough and had the energy to do that. And so we set up Songs and Smiles as a nonprofit organization. I actually quit my job in corporate America and went to work full time to start Songs and Smiles. My wife, Cheryl, God bless her, is still working to help support what we're doing. And uh, so we started right before the shutdown. Wow. I literally... I, I did 11 in-person sing-along shows mm -hmm. before COVID shut everything down here. Oh but uh, at the time of the shutdown, we actually didn't have anything. We didn't have a website or any social media presence or anything. So I took advantage of that, that time to do a lot of those things and from what I'd learned already, what I've been testing and with music and everything, we set up a lot of things so that, that a year later, we were able to uh, kind of hit the ground running with in-person things. In the meantime, we developed uh, an online presence. And still to this day, we have quite a few connections over in the UK and, and Canada and different parts of the, the world. And uh, I'm so happy for that, but I'm, I'm getting a little off track. Oh no, I love, I'm fascinated. That's the origin. Yeah. Of, and the origin of our programming was totally music. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I, I've been singing my whole life, but I didn't, it wasn't until our own caregiving journey that I really put, put it together. Mm for singing with my mother-in-law. She loved music. She loved music more and more as she lost different parts of, of her, her memories and different skills, her abilities to communicate in certain ways. She held on to music, actually developed an even stronger relationship with music. Mm. Trish was a wonderful woman. She taught elementary school for many years, uh, mostly reading and reading and writing as she, as her dementia progressed, as she latched on more to long-term memories, memories when she was uh, younger, some of her memories got meshed together. Mm -hmm. 
she, in her mind, she started telling stories about herself being a music teacher. And she was never a music teacher. No, she was, sure. Uh, that we know. Uh, but she loved music so much. And of course, she had times when she did sing with the children in, in the school. Mm. And so, so uh, we just realized just with her, the power of music, mm. we realized the power of music also for us. Yeah. It became increasingly difficult, especially for my wife, Cheryl, to mm -hmm. visit her mom. In the last few years of her life, she did live in a memory care facility near, near our, our home. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cheryl had a hard time visiting with her because she couldn't have conversations with her the same way that she used to. Sure. Everything changed. She had to learn new habits of conversation. Mm -hmm. And and it was just surprising. She couldn't talk with her mom the same way, so it's very difficult for her. But Cheryl realized that if she went to visit and there was someone playing music, singing with the group, mm. maybe an entertainer or just someone from the staff having a music program. Yeah that she could sit with her mom for an hour or more and that they could enjoy the music together, that they could smile and laugh together, that they could hug each other, that they could share beautiful memories. Yeah. And it made for a much easier visit. Mm. And so part of what we do, we always talk, we don't include this in our official you know, you mentioned our mission statement yeah. is keeping families connected yeah. during the Alzheimer's journey. A sub mission of that is just making easier visits. Yeah. You know, we want to, we love it when we sing with people and their families there. And we just know that they might often have a hard time being together, but during this musical time, they can create new memories, latch on to some beautiful old memories, yeah. and just share some love. I think they call that the the hospital uh, relationship, don't they? Where certainly when somebody's in a care facility, um, and and it, there's a clinical setting around you, no matter how. Uh, homely that environment might be mm -hmm. and it's so powerful how music can ease the flow of communication in these settings and all settings mm -hmm. really um thank you so much for that really um intimate and and beautiful origin story eric um and i look forward to some more stories such as this as we dig into the questions of music helps so I'm very passionate about the um, the multifaceted way we can approach music. It's such a, you know, as I said in the introduction, a myriad thing. Uh, and this is uh, born out in Musical Walkabout's practice and how we make the musical invitation. And so part of the way that this podcast works is we will have these conversations and use different um, ways to tease out these musical uh, facets of our personality of our life and uh, you know and I like to start with a musical memory so um, as we discover the different ways that music has helped you or people in your life uh, let's start with that so 
maybe harking back to a time when music helped you or someone close to you, and, and you have given me some beautiful examples already, but is there anything else that might come to mind, a specific example? Okay, here's a specific example again with my mother-in-law, yep. Trish. Um, so I became, I, I was, I, I took her to her doctor's appointments and dentist appointments the last few years of her life. So, so getting her into the car and making a, a trip. Uh, so those trips became increasingly difficult as she would, you know, if you're driving half an hour in a car and she's just maybe repeating the same thing over and over again or asking where are we going or worried about what we're, what we're doing. Sure. I learned uh, uh, eventually to have music prepared for those rides. Hmm. And so I made playlists of some of Trisha's favorite songs. Hmm. And, uh, and we would sing during our, our trips and it was so helpful for both of us. It made it just more enjoyable for both of us. Yeah. Um, she wasn't worried about where we're going. We just had, yeah. we just had, had fun, fun time. I still sing some of her favorite songs today. Songs that she, she really loved to sing. She'll be coming around the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is one of the classics. Yeah. And then I sang, sang all sorts of songs from, uh, she had a favorite church that she went to years ago, and I found some songs that they used to sing oh. at her church. And, and I didn't know if she'd still remember them, but of course she did. Yeah. And uh, we'd sing some of those songs along the way. Wow. Oh, I love that. Um, it's beautiful songs like uh, "She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain." The uh, as we, like we know that the pillars of um, you know art and particularly music are repetition and development. And I just love the the foundational repetition that you get in songs like uh, "She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain," which make them so inclusive and so easy to be to be taken up by people, even if they've never heard that song before. Um, that was right. one we sang at, at my school when I was really little, so it, it always pulls me back to a you know a time of, of fun and joy. But how beautiful that you you know took the care and attention and realised the power in making a, you know a, a road trip mixtape in that way. Playlisting is powerful, isn't it? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Well, that might be uh, that might be an answer to the next question. Or it might be something else. So the, our next um, way of thinking about music is, are there any musical tools that you use? And with Music Helps, we're always, um, we're always looking for tools, in particular if we can, that are easy, fun and rewarding to use. It could be a physical tool, it could be an instrument or a, you know, a piece of kit or tech, or it might be you know, an idea or a concept or something more esoteric so what's a musical tool you enjoy using i i don't know how this happened exactly but it, how we've evolved i've created a musical tool cool I've created tell me about it <laughs> i'm creating videos now if you just saw it at a glance you would think they're karaoke videos when i go in to sing at a memory care facility i have the words behind me on a screen 
I love singing karaoke. So yeah. I started with some yeah. karaoke, uh, just singing some karaoke tracks in there. I found uh, in general that karaoke is a little too difficult for my audience. It's sure. not it's not entirely accessible. Yep. We've now created recordings that we focus on things and tips I've picked up from, from people doing music, musical therapists, steady rhythms, uh, singable keys. Mm. Uh, almost every song I do is about three or four steps lower than the, the original. Uh, I really need a song to sound familiar. Mm-hmm. So you can't take a fast song and make it slow yep. because yeah. it still needs to sound like that song, mm-hmm. but you can't take a song and do it too fast where it's too hard and becomes a tongue twister mm. to sing. So, so it's experimenting with each song and, and figuring out how many verses of each song do you do and, and things, things like that. I use the Fiverr service quite a bit. I actually have a piano player in the Ukraine who does a lot of our piano recordings, which is wonderful use of the internet that I connected through through Fiverr. And sometimes I send her a recording, sometimes some sheet music, and she sends me back a beautiful piano recording. I think any music is wonderful. Okay. I always tell people, at least Turn on the radio. Play oh, some no. music. That, that's our real goal is not for just me to sing. No, but sure. But to expand goal you. that. You want everybody to sing. Everybody. We want, we want everyone to know <laughs> the, uh, to just go and bring some music to people and Absolutely. help them connect. I'm so, uh, that's that's an awesome tool, by the way, Eric. That's really so inspiring and, and accessible and um and I think it's it's something we're really conscious of in Musical Walkabout is that inclusivity and trying to um, adapt your practice and make it flexible so that you have different options for different yes. ways people want to engage with the idea. Um, and the other, you know, the other strand of our company is is training and and engaging staff and families in the idea that uh, it, nothing is, you know, beyond our reach. So do you, Eric, have a musical goal? So my musical goal is to just be able to do this until I'm 100 years old. <laughs> so my claim to fame Come on is now. Uh, I've, I've, I've sung at a lot of sporting events. I've sung at the Texas Rangers baseball club here. Right. And I worked for the Rangers years ago. And uh, so when I started to work there, I said, I'd like to sing the national anthem. And they said, no, just because you work here doesn't mean you get to sing. <laughs> My claim to fame is at the at the Rangers game. I'm the only person who's actually sung uh, the Star Spangled Banner and O Canada and God Bless America and America the Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> And my greatest my greatest honor was after 9-11, baseball shut down for a week. In the first game back, they asked me to come sing the Star Spangled Banner wow. before that game. And I believe the reason they asked, asked me was because they knew I sing it, even that I sang it in a way people could sing along. That was always my intention. 
Yeah. Let's sing it a little lower key mm -hmm. than it's written and and very traditionally yeah. nothing. Yeah. Nothing performance-wise. So people could sing along mm -hmm. and they knew that that night especially mm -hmm. people wanted Needed to sing, a, sing along. I love what you said there about um, singing those songs in an inclusive way, but first and foremost sing the song and service the music and by doing that you make it inclusive and it is inviting to other people yes. that's beautiful what a excellent by the way mic drop musical goal <laughs> that's amazing okay so we are going to enter the phase of music helps today of uh the musicalidoscope talking right. of musical tools in this version nine categories of songs but it could be it doesn't have to be a favorite song it might be just a song maybe that you heard recently artists bands and composers we have genres or styles of music uh, eras is a nice one regions so thinking of music geographically mm -hmm. um moods is often a really popular way of thinking about music uh, in the walkabout. We also have That's Showbiz, so songs from the shows, musical, um, yeah. musical theatre, but also movie soundtracks, that sort of thing. TV themes as well. Oh, my gosh, the theme tune to Taxi is still yeah. probably the best TV theme ever. Um, and a version of uh, the musical Lidoscope here has When I Think Of, which we also sometimes call Potluck, but essentially, when I think of my great auntie Dune, I think of Say the Last Dance for Me by the Drifters, yes. for example. So what I'm going to do, because you don't have a musical lidoscope there with you, I'm going to uh, spin it for you. And it's going to land on one of those categories. And we're going to spin it three times. So let's dig in. Are you ready to spin the musical lidoscope with me? I'm ready. <laughs> You're born I'm ready. ready. Okay, here we go. Pew! And where's it gonna let? Oh, so this is you, Eric. Genres and styles. Are there particular genres and styles of music that you enjoy or that resonate for you? Personally, Haydn, string quartets. <gasps> Woo! Yeah, crikey. <laughs> Not symphonies, but then, uh, well, 70s rock, hmm. but. Well, more seventies singer songwriters. Sure. And my my like real heart is the stuff that gets slightly techno pop, like well, ELO. Yeah, oh, it's my um, dad's favorite. ELO. So. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, hey, now you've said ELO and Haydn, there is a, absolutely a melding of those two beautiful right. sounds in in I, one band. I love. I love. I, I mean, I think some of my favorite songs I have classical and rock and roll mixed together. Yeah, yeah roll over, Wilbur. Yeah. Uh, Lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful um, genre or style to dig into. And <laughs> yeah, oh, well, also you're you're reminding me to listen to more amazing classical music. So I'm going to get stuck into those Haydn <laughs> string quartets. Okay, I'm going to spin the musical idoscope again. Are you ready? Whew. It's going to land. If it lands on the same thing, we spin again. But it didn't. It landed on artists, bands, or composers. Who did you grow up listening to? Who were the, the bands of your youth? Yeah, I was 
I was raised on rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, my dad was a huge influence um, for me. Blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, nice. Chicago. Yeah, peace uh, to Tira. Super trained. <laughs> uh, you know, group, groups that had, uh, you know, I mentioned Chicago and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yeah. Both are, you know, groups that had, you know, rock and roll at the heart, but also major horn sections. Yeah. Procol Harum, oh. live at Albert Hall, one of my Ooh. favorite albums. Oh, lovely. <laughs> well, that's the makings of a, a, a wicked mixtape right there. <laughs> I had had a very buried music background. I'm really appreciative of that. I did live, um, I never lived in the UK, but I lived in Hong Kong when I was in grade school when it was still British colony. Um, So a lot of of British influence, definitely a big fan of the Beatles Mm. early early on. It's always more Beatles than Rolling Stones for me. Me too. (laughs) Okay, we're going to spin the musical scope one more time, Eric. All right. Eras, decades, or epochs, even. My grandparents had a player piano uh, at their house. They inherited when they got the house, and so it had this cupboard full of piano rolls. Oh, like a self-playing one. Yeah. (gasps) Self-playing. You you take out of the cupboard that 150 rolls, and you take Uh, one out and put it in the player piano. So what what I really grew up playing and singing, my uh, those player piano roles and that's where I learned songs like let me call you sweetheart mm. and has anybody been my gal oh. I didn't appreciate that really until I started songs and smiles and started singing some of these older songs too and I realized I kind of I grew up with songs yeah. that were popular in the 1920s and yeah. the way I do. I had this whole 70s influence from my dad, mm-hmm. but uh, but also because of my grandparents, you know, every time I went there, I'd just immediately go to the piano room, play her piano and play these That's wonderful classic, <gasps> uh, classic old, old songs. That's probably why I can't play the piano either. Why I can only <laughs> Didn't sing. need to. And they had to pedal to make it go. <laughs> oh, you pedaled it. <gasps> Oh my yes, gosh. it was a pedal. Wow. Um, pedal and um, play and just sing at the top of our lungs. What an extraordinary <laughs> thing to have access to at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And, and absolutely yeah. how that diversified your, you know, your eclectic musical yeah. tastes as a result of that. Those decades, music was more universal. Mm. This was... And maybe it started with Tin Pan Alley when sheet music sales, you know, I sing some songs that, you know, they maybe never were on the radio, but they sold yeah. over a million copies of sheet music. Maybe. And so they were played in houses all yeah. over the, the place. But, but radio, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, that was the time when we all listened to the same songs on the radio. And it started to change in the 80s and yeah. with MTV and with our different, and it really changed in the 90s. And and, and so I'm not sure that uh, even if I am doing this when I'm 100, um, that I'll be singing songs from the 90s because I'm not sure that 
that there'll be songs there. I don't think there will be that many songs that everybody knows. Absolutely. And the songs that we'll grow up with and that are passed down through generations are still going to be those songs that were hits on the radio in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. Absolutely. And I think it's it's lovely, isn't it? I've, um, I've been asked to play Black Sabbath by uh, you know, a, a chap mm-hmm. in a care home before, and that one caught me out. Yeah. But actually, I had something in the back pocket, thank goodness. But you know, I wasn't <laughs> expecting yeah. that uh, to yeah. to be a request. So it's it's always it's always good to have that uh, wide view and and know that everyone's an individual and and also it's it's lovely to see people's musical tastes evolve in their later years as right. well. But you're right. There is such a um, a powerful. I mean, particularly with the recent passing of Bert Backrack, for example, like yeah. just the power mm-hmm. of of those melodies, or right. or the power of someone like Elton John's melodies, like the and often. Yeah. So particularly in in our uh, group sessions, sometimes we will just jettison the lyrics. And we'll let the lyrics go in mm. favor of just enjoying the melody and vocalizing yeah. over that. And that never seems to leave us. It's a it's a beautiful thing to to be able to recognize like the the very impeccable writing of those eras. That and there was something generationally passed down between the, like you can hear uh, I mean, in something like Crocodile Rock, you can hear the, it's a pastiche yeah. for sure, but you can hear that he's learned how to write a rock and roll song because he listened to Buddy Holly or Chuck Berry. And, and you know, right. there's, there's a, a beautiful like torch passing that is, is present in those yeah. kind of powerful melodies. So I think you have aced the musical eidoscope today, Eric. <laughs> that <you>. was tremendous. <laughs> um, so we like to finish by asking our guests for a Music Helps top tip. You've touched on this a little bit. I know it's important to you, but I'll, I'll just stress to keep looking for that song mm-hmm. and to just to just keep trying, even if it's just playing some songs and just watching for someone's reaction. A guy came up to me afterwards and said, thank you so much for this music. I I know all those songs, but I don't know how to find them anymore. But when you start them, I can grab onto them (laughs) and sing with you. Keep, keep trying until you find the, the person's song. Yeah. And then, yeah. then when you find it, play more of that or play similar exactly. music or the same era or the same yeah, artist. Or the, there's always more. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah the, it, that's yeah. the lovely thing, isn't it? That musical journey we go on to, together with, with people is uh, never-ending and always surprising and always rewarding. Oh, Eric, thank you so much for your time. This has been the most delightful chat i hope that at some point in the not too distant future i find myself in grapevine texas and we can come and have a right old knees up together (laughs) (laughs) um wonderful thank you so much for inviting me oh eric it's my absolute pleasure and if people want to learn more about songs and smiles where should they go 
songsandsmiles.com spell it spell it out songs and smile songsandsmiles.com brilliant absolutely couldn't be easier please i urge you dear listener go and check out songs and smiles and eric and cheryl's work it is beautiful and inspiring and it might invite you into that party as well i'm sure it will um so that only remains for me to thank you again eric and to thank our lovely listener for checking out our podcast today and tuning in if you want to hear more from music helps please show your support by liking rating reviewing or subscribing to this podcast um if you want to check out more about musical walkabout shenanigans follow at musical walkabout on facebook instagram twitter linkedin and youtube and to get involved with our projects or for more information on the musical walkabout ethos simply visit our website musicalwalkabout.com so why not leave us a comment below and let us know uh, how much you've been inspired by eric's beautiful stories and let us know how music helps you share this podcast with a friend and join us next time to discover more ways that music helps thanks again eric <laughs> thank you da, 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 da.